Have you ever asked yourself, what's the best way I can contribute to sci-fi and fantasy in the literary world? If you have, the answer is simple. You just have to be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt and host the Sword and Laser podcast. If for some reason you can't be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt, however, don't despair. All is not lost. You can still head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser and help fund their hard work. Every cent you give adds more swords and more lasers to their growing arsenal of speculative literary goodness. That's patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. Oh, and me, I'm Tom Merritt. Little old Tom Merritt. Good old Tom Merritt. Hi, I'm just little Tom Merritt. <laughs> Sword and Laser's book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. I'd be Tommy Merritt if I was little. We little Tommy, Tommy Merritt. Merritt. I can't do. I'm trying so hard to do an Irish accent, and I just don't know how. Well, we'll just have to go to Ireland so you can practice with Guess real Irish people. Indeed. And so what they'll are go, you? Stop that. No, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> we don't know what that is. What are you even doing right now? You're just embarrassing <laughs> yourself and you're embarrassing your friends. Um, what are you drinking, Tom? I'm having a Smithix Red Ale, which uh, happens to be Irish. Oh, I'm drinking a Bullet Rye, which is decidedly not Irish. Yeah, that's that's U.S. That's about as U.S. as you can get. It's made by the Usins. Oh, yeah? Yeah, USA, Usens. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, got it. Um, yeah, I, that's all I got on that front. That's all? That's it? That's, that's the end such, of the show? We're that's just, all my commentary. We're going to say on... you're drinking an American bourbon, and that's that's the end, huh? Well, that's you know, all she wrote. Uh, real fast, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll cue here to jump into the quick burns. The reason I feel like I don't have much to add is because I don't have all that pressure anymore of having to worry about being Hugo nominated this year. <laughs> we don't get any of those amazing Daradara uh, reminders to, for people to vote and stuff, but we are still going to Ireland. We are still Worldcon. going to Ireland. It's we still going to be a blast. And it's still very cool that The Calculating Stars by Mary Robinette Cole, Record of a Spaceborn Few by Becky Chambers, Revenant Gun by Yoon Ha Lee, Space Opera by Catherine M. Valente, Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik, and Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse have all been nominated for Hugos. Wow. That's incredible. I am just realizing how it is a like really female-led like lineup this year. Yeah, yes. it's a it's a, it's a great lineup too. Uh, on top of that, I, oh my I gosh, mean, so good. I, I know all of these authors. I've read all of these authors except Rebecca Roanhorse, who was mm-hmm. in our tournament, uh, and I would like to read Trail of Lightning. So this is in another reason to want to put that on my list. Yeah, this is incredible, incredible lineup here, and best novella, Martha Wells again. There's uh, Shauna McGuire, Nettie Okorafor. There's just a lot of great authors. I mean, of course, there's a lot of great I mean, authors on these lists. Right? It's yeah. the Hugos. It's the Hugos. It gives you so many new options of things that you might want to start reading. And uh, I always think it's fun to look at the best dramatic presentations, uh, long and short form. Long usually is movies. Short form is usually TV shows. So in long form, you've got Annihilation, uh, Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther, A Quiet Place, Sorry to Bother You, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I love all of those movies. Uh, I really would love to see Sorry to Bother You win because I feel like it's not getting all of the accolades it deserves. Uh, 
Although I, I can't imagine that I wouldn't be excited about any of these others winning. I would be really stoked for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And Black to me, Panther. That was, to me, that was like the standout film of the last mm, year for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I mean, Black Panther 2, unbelievably good. But Spider-Verse, for some reason, just, I mean, it was, the story was great and the visuals were just so. And the songs. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, Sunflower is a great song that came mm. out of that movie. There's so many good things came out of that movie. Uh, best dramatic presentation short form is The Expanse, Abaddon's Gate, Doctor Who, Demons of the Punjab. That was an amazing episode. Uh, Dirty Computer, written by Janelle Monet. That's a music video, by the way, not an episode of a TV show. Uh, mm-hmm. Janet's uh, from The Good Place, another excellent episode. Oh, uh, I love that episode. I love that yeah. episode, too. Uh, Jeremy Baramy, also from The Good Place, and Rosa from Doctor Who. So two Good Places, two Doctor Who's, an Expanse, and a Janelle Monet video. I don't remember which one Jeremy Baramy was. That's where he explains how time is non-linear and he it it he writes Jer- it like it looked like when you write out how time works it looks like Jeremy oh, Baramy. Right, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Once you show the the visual then I I got mm-hmm, that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to to see again who year who uh wins this year. It's always such a great competition. Now, um, Veronica, we have to be yeah. good sports. I'm going to be a good sport. Okay. Why wouldn't they be a good sport? We need to congratulate all the best fan cast, even though we didn't get nominated this year. Okay. Be the Serpent <laughs> from Alexandra Rowland, Freya Marsk, and Jennifer Alexandra, Mace. Alexandra. Alexandra. That, is that not what I said? I thought you said Alexander. I meant to say Alexandra. If I said Alexander, it was a mistake, and I apologize and regret the error. Uh, the Coot Street Podcast, presented by Jonathan Strand and Gary K. Wolf. Fangirl Happy Hour, hosted by Anna Grillo and Renee Williams. Galactia... Galactic Suburbia, hosted by Elisa Krasnestein, Alexandra Pierce, and Tansy Rayner Roberts, produced by Andrew Finch. Our Opinions Are Correct, hosted by Annalie Newitz and Charlie Jane Anders. Just saying, that might be my favorite. And the Skiffy and Fanty Show, produced by Jen Zink and Sean Duke, hosted by the Skiffy and Fanty crew. Congrats, all. I can't wait to see all of you at the uh, at Worldcon yeah. this year. It's going to be right. awesome. Hopefully they'll all show up to claim their prizes and we'll get to hang out with them. Oh, and then we are, you know, uh, they always put it towards the end because it's not necessarily a Hugo, but the John W. Campbell Award for Best New Writer uh, up for consideration are Catherine Arden, S.A. Chakraborty, R.F. Quang, Jeanette Ng, Vina Jimin Prasad, and Rivers Solomon. Woohoo! Great lineup. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that are coming up, uh, Mark says it's that time of year again. That's right. Independent Bookstore Day is almost upon us. Celebrations will be held on Saturday, April 27th in locally owned and operated bookstores across the U.S. I couldn't find any information, Mark says, on international participation, but that doesn't mean you can't still support your local bookstores across the globe regardless. To find out more info, info, you can visit the official Independent Bookstore Day website at IndieBookstoreDay.com. In particular, if you want to find out which stores near you are participating, you can search for them via this interactive map at IndieMap.BookWeb.org. Yeah, so uh, this is cool. In IndieBookstoreToday.com uh, has all the details to kind of help you try to find a, an indie bookstore. But But like Mark said... Uh, you don't need that. If you already have a favorite indie bookstore, just go there on that day and say, thank you. You guys are awesome. <laughs> and buy some and hang out and buy some books. Yep, totally. I know I will be. 
Yeah, I will be too. Dara pointed out that Patrick Rothfuss was on the Barnes & Noble podcast and talked a bit about progress on the Doors of Stone and the King Killer TV adaptation. Uh, Newsweek has the story, if you're not interested or able to listen to the podcast. And from that article, uh, King Killer... My work on the book is, again, it might seem strange for people to hear, but nobody laments the lack of tangible progress more than me in terms of the next King Killer book, Rothfuss said. But things are moving forward, if not fast. Again, I've never promised fast ever since I knew what I was good at professionally, but I am moving forward, Rothfuss told Barnes & Noble's blog editor Joel Cunningham. More importantly, I'm finally getting my life sorted out so that I can go back and approach my writing and my craft with the joy that I used to feel back in the day when I was just an idiot kid playing D&D or working on my unpublishable fantasy novel. Uh, And Dara adds, take your time, Pat. We'll be here when you're finished. That's absolutely true. Yeah, it's... It's hard. I mean, I can't even imagine the pressure of being an author and not only just an author, but an author with that people have such high expectations for. And on top of that, having like a TV deal happening or, you know, all these other things in the background, but also having your life like you have to live your life, too. And life gets in the way and life gets messy. And that happens to all of us. But it's harder when you're there's that anticipation of like, when is the next thing coming? Put out the next thing. Your fans need the next thing. Like that feels, it stresses me out just thinking about. Having had the pleasure of getting to hang out with Patrick Rothfuss uh, when he he did our our video version of the show, I real he just has so much intense respect for his writing and others uh, that I've always been extra patient, knowing that if Patrick's taking a while to do it, it's gonna be worth it. It's gonna pay off. Like I mm-hmm. I can just tell that. He will not give us anything until he is certain it is worth a, it is worth presenting uh, to us. And to hear that part about him saying he's finally getting his life sorted out so he can get back to the approach, I think that's part of it is him realizing if I'm not in that mood of joy when I write it, it's just not going to be as good. So I so fully respect that, uh, taking the time and working it out and getting it right. Because like you say, dealing with publishing and media and TV that that can wear a person down. You got to bring your best self to work. You know what I mean? Like you have to take care of yourself before you can. Well, and and you you shouldn't just barrel through. Uh I I mean yes and no. On on the one hand, I in certain ways I've barreled through in some parts of my life and it's worked out just fine. Uh but if you know that that's not going to give you what you need, and and you're someone who has a perfect idea in mind of what you want, then uh, not compromising on that and re- trying to rearrange the rest of your life to make sure that that works in a way that actually makes you a better person. I mean, sounds like the right way to go to me. Indeed. And like Dara or Dara says, we'll be, we'll be waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Ever so patiently. Uh, she also says that uh, via Barnes & Noble's SFF blog, Catherine Valente is writing a sequel to Space Opera. Yes, it is called Space Oddity, and it's expected to release in spring of 2021. Now, I'm not saying she is going to win a Hugo or is the favorite to win a Hugo, nor am I saying she shouldn't win a Hugo. But wouldn't it be cool if Space Opera won a Hugo <laughs> and then Space <laughs> Odyssey was like all ready for everybody who is excitedly discovering Space Opera? Yes, indeed. Is it Space Odyssey or Space Oddity? Space Space Oddity Oddity. is is my guess because it's um, it's riffing off of the, Mm -hmm. um, is it a Bowie song? The Space Oddity Bowie song? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's if only you had an internet interconnected network of networks in which you could I look up information. I should know like this. Like type in I space feel... oddity and the first result be David yeah. Bowie space oddity. Yeah. All right. I did know side. that. I did know that. I, I hate that when you get put when your brain goes dead because That's what Google's for though. That is what Google's for. <laughs> Uh, Mark pointed out that Fonda Lee tweeted uh, her first podcast short story up at The Overcast, uh, which is from The Verge. Welcome to The Legion of Six by Fonda Lee, narrated by J.S. Arkin, featuring an afterword by Fonda Lee. Excellent. I'll definitely check that out. I have enjoyed seeing all the things that they're putting up over on The Verge. It's pretty neat. Yeah, Um, I need to take more advantage of that. Yeah, and I got to watch that robot sexy show that we talked about last time the one with oh, Scalzi. The, yeah the netflix the netflix yeah, series the netflix that Scalzi wrote yeah. one or two episodes for i think yeah something yeah uh julie and tamahome <laughs> both said that nk jemison makes her comics debut with artist jamal campbell with far sector a unique green lantern story for dc's young animal imprint how cool very cool yeah good good uh good on on dc for hiring uh nora jemison that's awesome Indeed. Yeah. I, I need to catch up on all my favorite authors works over on, um, in the, in comic book land. I, I was being so good about, um, reading things on what's the service that I read things on comiXology comiXology. Yeah. Hmm. By the way, when I just said Scalzi, uh, just a moment ago, I caught myself and realized that, you know, maybe that's not respectful to just refer to someone by their last name like that. Uh, and in my head, the voice of Dumbledore said, Professor Scalzi, Harry. <laughs> I think of all the people we talk about, John Scalzi would be the least offended by us calling him Scalzi. Right. And that is Dumbledore says that whenever Harry Potter says Snape instead of Professor Snape and Scalzi mm-hmm. is the least Snape like person I know. So uh, the uh, last piece of news here that John and Seth both posted information about in our Goodreads Quick Burns thread uh, was that Vonda McIntyre uh, has died at age 70. You may or may not uh, have heard of her, but uh, she wrote a lot of Star Trek episodes, or I'm sorry, Star Trek novels, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of science fiction and fantasy, all of her own. In fact, winning a Nebula Award for Dream Snake. Yeah, and this 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 art on the cover is amazing too. But uh, she wrote the uh, a novelization of uh, the Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. And so, yeah, a lot of great work there. One of the forerunners of women in the science fiction and fantasy world. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, it might be a cool time to to check out uh, some of her work in the future. Um, Fonda Lee actually says that. Uh, said Mrs. McIntyre's uh, Star Trek novelizations motivated her as a teenager to read Isaac Asimov, Ray Bradbury, and Anne McCaffrey. Um, so that's pretty cool that that was a, you know, when you see representation in in a field that you're interested in, it can help motivate you to, to take it on yourself. So that's why it's always important to, to have like female voices or women of color voices or people of color voices in the science fiction fantasy world, because you never know who it's going to inspire to say like, oh, I can do this too. And I think that's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Vonda McIntyre also won a Nebula for the moon and the sun. So uh, I, f- I almost feel like we're deficient in never having really mentioned her much uh, to this point. And it's it's sad that it has to be an obituary that, that brings it up. But I'm glad nonetheless uh, that we can pass that along. Indeed. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. 
We got an email from William Keaton who said, I know mispronouncing things is a cornerstone of Sword and Laser, but when it's the name of the entire series, I thought I could provide the suggestion. Michael J. Sullivan says the official way to say it is Ryera. Ryera. Rye is in the grain, ear is in the body part, and ah, that's how you say Ryera. <laughs> Ryera. Mm-hmm. Ryera. Mm-hmm. But when I look at the word, <laughs> but when I look at the, the word, Listen, here's the thing. I, mean, I think we have to decide, and I, th- I think we've decided this a long time ago, William. And, and as much as I appreciate you passing that along, I also heard it in the audiobook once we started reading it mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. knew, knew how it was said in the audiobook. We have to decide if we are going to be the people who are pedantic about pronouncing things or not. And I think Veronica has blazed a trail where we are not. <laughs> I was pedantic about you pronouncing something earlier, but it was a name. So I felt like I was important. Mm, mm-hmm. I was. I was, though. And now I feel you bad about it. You get the audience it. you deserve. <laughs> it's true. I deserve that. But you and know what? It would be embarrassing. I have often been the person saying, oh, no, you pronounce it this way. So I'm perfectly hypocritical right now myself. But it's okay. It's okay. We're we're just people. We're learning. We're learning new words. Mm-hmm. We're always growing. Our brains are expanding. And I don't think it should be pronounced that way because it doesn't look that way. And I do so want just to say I, I want to hurry to clarify that that William's uh, email was written very tactfully and gently and nicely. Yes, and we appreciate yes. it very much. Of course, no, and and I do. I would feel really bad actually. Like even though I disagree with the pronunciation, I would feel bad to not pronounce it in the way that the author prefers. Sometimes they don't talking prefer, about the whole series, but he has a preference. So yeah. Uh, Peter V. Brett. Uh, <laughs> yes, on, you are uh, correct. Yes. On Twitter. Yeah, I know. That took me a second to process. Peter V. Brett on Twitter uh, wrote, just finished The Enchanting Kingdom of Copper, sequel to City of Brass uh, by S.A. Chakra Books. That's that's her Twitter handle, which has me under its spell for weeks. The Devabod trilogy is absolutely worth your time, as is her interview on Sword and Laser. Can't wait to see how it ends. And he links. Yeah, so thank you, Peter. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really nice. Made me very happy to see uh, some of my favorite authors talking about us. Um, But yeah, I'm still, I'm so excited for the third book. I I just can't wait for this series to wrap up. It's, It's really great. And then finally, today, we have a link to a beautiful bookshop. Um, over here on Goodreads, uh, and the the images from this are just astonishing. And I'm going to keep talking about it until the page loads where I can read it. There we go. Benedict wrote, hey, I today visited a place that I've been to before, but it was about four years ago, and I didn't have as much passion about books as I once did. The place in question is Astley Book Farm in Nuneaton, Warwickshire, so Nuneaton, Nuneaton. It's spelled Nuneaton, uh, but it's pronounced Smith. Oh, got it, got it. In Warwickshire, England, it is a Trevor Trove of books of every genre. Don't there write are, it and tell us how to pronounce Warwickshire either. I feel like I'm pretty close on that one. I think I you're fe- fine. I think I was pretty, I know it's not Warwickshire. Yeah, no, it's you're good. Is like Warwickshire? Sure. Okay. Might drop the W, I have no idea. Warwickshire. Warwickshire. Our, our I think you said it. Walks, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. 
There are literally hundreds of thousands, if not more, of books for you to browse and buy. There are books rare or valuable or both locked away in glass cabinets. And there is a cafe to eat in which delivers up favorable food, delicious drinks and even alcoholic beverages. Drink responsibly, Benedict says. The books are priced around two fifty pound to about ten pound, and this depends on the size of them and if they're signed by the author. So most of the books are around four or five dollars. Uh, he got the Ocean at the End of the Lane, nineteen eighty four, Animal Farm, the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Oh my gosh, mm. that brings back memories. Yeah, um, Assassin's Quest, Fool's Errand, Royal Assassin, Golden Fool, and Fool's Fate. Okay, mm-hmm. so he had a, a little a bit of a Robin Hobb uh, <laughs> journey there at the end. Uh, and then he links to some pictures, and everybody is kind of drooling at the at the images here. Oh yeah, it's just a it's a lovely place uh, filled to the brim with books, uh, multiple stories, multiple rooms, uh, Folio Society books, all like stuffed in a little cabinet. Uh, with glass doors and it just just looks amazing. Uh, I I wondered why it was called Astley Book Farm until I saw, and I'm like, wow, this really is like a farm, like just rolling hills of books. Oh, I want to go to there. Mm-hmm. And they have a they have stuffed couches with a fireplace uh, going. And alcoholic on. beverages. Uh, everything's good. Everything I want <sighs> in life is there. Pretty much. Can we just live in there? Yeah, we're moving there. I hope All they right. don't mind. Thank you, Benedict, uh, for sharing that with us. All right. Well, now let's jump into a little bit of Book of the Month discussion. Um, as we mentioned, we are reading for this month Theft of Swords by Michael J. Sullivan. Um, Volume one of the Riria revelations. Riria. <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Sullivan pops into Goodreads once in a while. And I, I feel like I'm this sorry, is Michael definitely going to bite me in the ass really later. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It just like it's the perfect combination of us mispronouncing things and our love of books and you. That's just yes, what's happening here. Exactly. So how are you feeling about Theft of Swords? Um, I love it. It's just fun. It moves along. You like all the characters, even the ones you hate, right? Like when I say yeah. you like the characters, like there are characters you definitely don't like, but you like that you don't like them. Uh, it, it's all, it, and, and they're not, paper thin characters, you know, they're complex. And in fact, there are characters who you think you're not supposed to like, or you don't like, and then you find mm-hmm. out, wait a minute, maybe they're not bad after all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the things I will note, and I won't say these are dislikes, but I note that the setting is very classically fantasy, right? Yes. It is. And there very, are there definitely are and, and, and dwarves, dwarves and humans, right? And it's wizards. very familiar. Yeah. And wizards. And, you know, there's been a little discussion about this happening over on Goodreads mm-hmm. and people feeling like this is, oh, this is so fantasy tropey, et cetera, et cetera. To me, it's like pulling up a warm blanket, like one of those weighted blankets over it's my body and just like, oh, it's totally Huga fantasy. And it's I was laughing from like the first page, like the characters like Royce and Hadrian or Hadrian. Do they say Hadrian or Hadrian in the book, Tom? I think it's Hadrian. I don't remember now. Hadrian. Okay. So Royce and Hadrian, like I already, I immediately loved their relationship and I immediately loved their rapport together and their repartee and just like their back and forth. And I was like, okay, like this style of writing, it's like a very modern style of writing in a very like pretty standard fantasy setting, which I'm finding to be kind of refreshing, actually. And so 
Yeah, we've seen some of these themes before, but this is one of the reasons why I like those books, because I enjoy this kind of setting and theme and things that are happening. And it's still a new story. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I really like the writing and I like the characters a lot. And I'm about 70% of the way through the books already. I found it refreshing. And Mm -hmm. I can imagine that if I have only read uh, Tolkien and T.H. White, uh, you know, and, and books like that, and then said, pick this up, I might not have enjoyed it as much. But when we have been fed a steady diet of decades of grimdark uh, and, and, and subverting the, the norms and, and providing uh, uh, new takes on world building, which are great. I'm not bring, dragging those down. I'm saying, but when I've been given that diet for a long time, It's refreshing. It's a palate cleanser to be like, okay, I already know the rules of this. I'm not going to work hard on this one to learn a a whole new setting. I've got Mm -hmm. elves. I've got dwarves. I've got a wizard. Uh, Give me these fun characters. Having said that, you can tell by the end of this book that there is much more going on to this world than you thought at the very beginning. And in fact, the Raira world is much bigger. And, and Michael J. Sullivan, if you, if you read the book briefing on Patreon, you know, there's a whole like ancient history series that has been written about, you know, where that wizard, uh, that you meet in theft of swords came from and, and the culture that existed before. Uh, and, and the fact that, that there's this, this whole world that he did build, it may start feeling very familiar, but it is not lacking in world building it's just focusing on characters at the beginning. And I still I still hold to the fact that I found that quite refreshing. Yeah, I'm really here for the dialogue. You know, it really reminds me a little bit of... Um, of um, mm, I was thinking about this just earlier today. Um, Scott Lynch. Oh, um, the, yeah, Lies of Locke Lamora. Lies of Locke Bastards. Lamora. Yeah, yeah, it feels a little like it's got that tone to it a little bit. Maybe not quite the, the, as dark well, and serious. Because you've got a thief... And an mm-hmm. assassin, right? And they're the first people you meet. No spoilers, you know, about who they are, or what they do, but you know, they definitely have that Locke Lamora style of banter because and there's like th- guilds around yeah, like thieving, yeah. and so there's oh, a yeah. little bit of that. And so I was like, oh, I love that. I think I'm gonna like this. So there's some, you know, people. Ruth, for example, on Goodreads was like, sell me on this. Like, why? Why should I read this? This feels very typical to me, but I think it's deeper than that. I, I really do. And and for me, it's really about the conversations between Royce and, and Hadrian and like the reveals about their character as we move on and like their backstories. Mm-hmm. And to me, I found that really entertaining and, and fun. So, yeah. And honestly, I'm not going to sell anyone on anything. I, I, as I do more podcasts in my life and talk about movies and TV shows and books, I find it less and less interesting to convince anyone that anything is good or bad. We all have different experiences and we all have different tastes. What I will try to do is tell you, this is the kind of book it is. These are the kinds of things that are enjoyable. If that sounds fun to you, then you should do it. And if it doesn't, you shouldn't. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, there's no judgment either way. It's like some people like lemon and some people don't, and that's fine. Uh, I'm not going to make someone who hates lemon drink lemonade. If you don't like very character-driven story with a lot of fun banter uh, in a familiar fantasy setting, then you shouldn't read this. But if you're like, actually, that sounds pretty cool, then go for it. Indeed. 
Indeed. Well, I think that kind of wraps up this episode then. We're still early in the month. For now. Uh, Yeah. In uh, in two weeks, uh, we will not only wrap up Theft of Swords with a more spoilery discussion, but we will also announce our next book pick, which, by the way, we had our first Sword and Laser L.A. meeting. Oh, yeah. I was going to include that. Yeah. uh, And uh, it was fun. Uh, It was just a few of us. So we'll try to do better at getting the word out uh, next time. But I talked to Buzz who organized it. And thank you, Buzz, mm-hmm. for for organizing it. Uh, I may have tipped my hand at that meetup about what my uh, my pick for next month will be. Oh, boy. Um, by the way, we may need to do a little date shifting because um, I'm gone that week that we're supposed to record. And the week after, not the week after, but the next time after that we're supposed to record. So I feel like May 1st might be the next We should recording. really get into the habit of talking about this stuff before the show. I know. <laughs> I just don't want to make any promises that we can't keep when we talk about it. We might not be doing the show on the 24th, is what shows, you're saying. Shows will still happen. But we will probably do a show the week of May 1st. That's right. Okay. I think that's, that's right. I think that'll be fine. That'll okay, be just thank you. fine. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Or, Thank you know, for your understanding. If you if y'all like to hear us work out our schedules on the show, let us know. We can keep it as I, part of the show. I do a lot of scheduling. I can just record myself going through my schedule every day if that's interesting to people. Release sure. that as a little it could Patreon be a whole spin-off clip. Pimper. I really yeah. think like people might be interested to hear. So you never it's quite know. Possible. Anyway, so yeah, don't maybe not until you try maybe not it. in two weeks, maybe in three weeks. But uh by the end of the month, we'll we'll definitely wrap up Theft of Swords and introduce the next book pick. Indeed. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help support us, you can head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash sword and laser. You guys help make this show possible. So thank you so much to Andor Anderson, Ethan Poole, and all the folks who support us at patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.